right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of the Hoop podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Maples, here with the homie Kings. Kings, what is going on, my guy? Busy week, busy week, man. Couldn't catch much of the game, but, you know, kept, kept, in, kept in tune with what was going on. Just caught, you know, caught some uh, tape on, on the TL. Uh, Warriors, big win, man, big win. Yeah, it 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 was a really really interesting game. It started off, Boston actually came out guns blazing, went yep. up early. Warriors fought back. <laughs> there are many reasons for that, according to some people. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that later. I mean, the Warriors played a great game. I they did. They remember. did. All jokes aside, they played a great game. There are definitely some adjustments that I want to get into that they made that were very key. Actually, a lot of fans have been clamoring for for some time now. So, anyway, the Warriors use a huge third-quarter run again. Man, that team in third quarter is something special. They end up winning the third quarter 35-14, win the whole game by 19. But third quarter, that was it. It was touch and go. They dominated the third quarter. Do not give up the lead in the fourth quarter this time. Steph leads the way with 29-6-4. and and uh, Pool 17 off the bench, Looney 12, Wiggins 11, Clay 11. I just the, the Warriors' offense wasn't that impressive to me. It was the defense mm-hmm. that, that it was just very stifling. Right. But before, before we get into that, um, the, the refereeing in the first quarter <laughs> it, it must be discussed. Um, so it was eight to three, I believe three or four Boston players ended up with two fouls in the first quarter. It was, it was just a lot. Uh, Draymond was out there playing football. I think he tackled a guy from behind and the uh, tackled Grant Williams, and then Grant Williams got the foul. No man, um, I gotta ask you about this. Draymond gets a tech for pushing Grant Williams. There's another altercation where he fouled Jalen Brown on a three pointer. Yeah. He gets up. There's a tussle. Normally, that's a double tech they play on. They opt to not give out the second technical. Steve Javi's on a broadcast, former ref, says that the refs definitely take into account if a guy's a tech or not, because normally that would be a double tech. But Draymond would have been out of there. I personally am happy that he got to stay in the game. I don't think that was a, you know, just cause to throw him out, but it did stoke those fires of people who think that, you know, NBA refing is a sham, which it was a time. I did not like how the game was repped in the first quarter. It seemed very one-sided. Mm-hmm. But not to take anything away from how the Warriors played. Just want your thoughts on that before we get into the deeper aspect of the game. Yeah, you know, somebody had a good point in terms of, you know, you saw the Celtics come out guns blazing. The Warriors were flat. Um, someone, like someone said, the, the refs carried the Warriors until they were able to get it together. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the feeling. Like, all jokes aside, like, people say, excuse that, that's really the feeling I got watching that. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's... And like a Rockets person was saying, you know, Adam Silver comes out earlier in the, in the day. It's just not good for the product, man. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, the thing with, with hoops, this is nothing new. Um, this is a long-running theme from, you know, the Lakers' three-peat days when you had the Kings fans complain. <laughs> you had the Suns fans talk about what happened with the uh, Spurs, Amari's suspension. Then, obviously, you had the Heat days and, uh, people talk about LeBron and the flopping, and you know, then you had the, the Golden State run with the you know moving screens and all that type of stuff. And it 
it's it's one of those things, man. People just, you know, it's just it's the NBA is always just gonna have that problem, that specter of the refs will decide how a game will go, and the refs will pick somebody who they want to be with or who they want to give uh, the interpretations that favor to, and they're gonna stick with that theme throughout the, throughout most of the game. Uh, it's just been a thing with the NBA for literal years, nothing new, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's it, it can be it, it can be annoying because it, sometimes it really just ruins what could be you know an organic outcome. Yeah, I think yeah, and, and I'll say this over the course of the game, I think it did settle itself out, and even out a little bit over the course of the game, it was tied at halftime, so you know that there's that aspect of it, but. Yeah, I think there's definitely a point. I think the refereeing has just been too prevalent in these playoffs in general. Um, I don't know what the I don't, do not know what the fix is. I think basketball, I would say, is the hardest game to ref. It's just so spontaneous. You know, even you know football, baseball. You know, you reset. There's pitches. There's plays. Football, they got six. Uh, you know, six referees on the on the uh, on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it's, it's the hardest game to ref. But you know. You would like it to be better, but it is what it is. Um, getting into the game, I got to say, the Warriors made some adjustments I thought they would never make. I am shocked. The first biggest thing for me is the Celtics defense was giving them hell with the Warriors running their heavy off-ball movement scheme. Mm-hmm. Kerr does. Shout out Mar, man. Goes a heavy dose of high pick and roll with the big on Steph. Gets Steph switch. Just creates havoc with Steph's penetration or attacking switches. It just creates advantageous, you know, four on threes out of that. And I think they really killed the Celtics with that in the second half specifically. There's just a lot of whoever at the center was, whether it was Williams or Horford, you know, those guys are good in space, but not, you know, stop Steph Curry good in space. You know, if that makes sense, you know, that that's, that's a whole other level of dealing with that. I thought the the Warriors hit that button very well, a lot in the second half, and it kind of I'm not saying exposed, but it gives Boston something to think about, possibly adjust uh, going forward. I thought that was a really good adjustment by Kerr to counter what a, what a very stingy Boston defense. Yeah, you know, shout out to uh, uh, bro Joseph uh, Joseph Gill. He he talked about that. You know, he said one of the things I guess the Warriors in trouble is that Curry is stubborn and he doesn't maximize Curry's scoring ability the way he should and that he has issues doing that in the game. And some people got mad and they're like, oh, they've been to the multiple finals without it. And he was like, well, you know, you can be successful even though you don't do certain things that you should be doing. But as you can see, when they don't do maximize Curry's scoring ability, they get in trouble, right? When they get in trouble, you know, they start uh, falling behind in games or giving up games. And it's kind of, they've gotten complacent, you know, and, and then when teams start switching everything on that off-ball action, now they start going through scoring droughts, like you saw with Cleveland, you saw against Toronto. So what did Kerr do in this game? Like you said, high pick and roll. We're going to generate offense, easy looks. You drop, he's going to kill you. Switch, we're going to let him create on you. And that was all she wrote, man. I mean, it, what Joseph Gill was basically saying – Get the ball in the hands of your yep. best player. It, is re- it was really just that simple. Give your best player the ball. That's it. Like, sometimes that's really just all you have to do. Just give your best player the ball. 
and let, especially when they're an all-time great player and a special player, let them do what they do. That's what Kerr did in the third quarter, and they ran them off out the uh, out the building. Yeah, I thought that was just an excellent adjustment. Again, the Warriors in the third quarter have just been great this series. Uh, Boston's going to have to figure that out because, you know, as great as the Warriors are in the third quarter, Boston was also the second-best third-quarter net rating team in the NBA this season. So, you know, you would think they could be able to withstand that and kind of get their own momentum going. We'll see how that works in Boston. Um, I think Boston's counter to that is they, they can't play two bigs on the floor anymore. You know, they can't play Williams and Horford together. I think um, defensively it, it, it's it's tough because the Warriors are trying to spread them out with their speed. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's what Celtics kind of – I'm interested to see how Udoka counters that because their defense is really stingy. But if they're just going to hunt that Steph pick and roll with the best uh, – with their tall, with their big out there, you know, Williams can't stay in front of him. Horford for sure can't stay in front of him. At age 36, so I'm interested to see what that counter is. Um, I would expect to see a lot more blitzing if they do that yeah. with Steph to get to get the ball out of his hands and kind of scramble out of that and make those other guys make decisions and you know live with that. But if you just you know going to let Steph play one on one with against those bigs like he did in the third quarter, he's going to kill you all series. So yeah. uh, I'm interested to see what the counter is. And you and you see the conundrum of going Steph straight up if you don't have the guys to be able to. Uh, do it consistently. Yeah. And this is why Tyler went the blitz route because at the end of the day, you have to, you're going to most likely have to go the blitz route if you want to be successful for long stretches of the game. You know, that's just what it is. So they're going to go blitz. And if you're, if you're going to blitz, that means you need speed on the floor. So you can't play two bigs. Yeah. That's what you I was thinking. Can't blitz with two bigs. You're not going to be able to recover enough. So they're definitely going to have to play small. When they play small, they definitely have to blitz. So it's going to be one of the things where now Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson, who's been, who have been struggling because the Celtics have done straight up, played mostly straight up, or they play drop, you know, not really try to, uh, you know, throw too much attention to Curry. Now those guys are going to get better looks uh, off the ball, you know, attacking closeouts or open more open shots. So it's going to open them up, I think. So it's going to be yeah, tough. I think, yeah, right. I, I think Poole's definitely going to have more opportunity to play. Well, even though he, he hasn't been good, even when Steph is sitting there trying to get the ball in his hands. I think him seeing some shots go in, even when the game was out of hand, I think that bodes well for the Warriors going forward. We just had to see something go right for him. Uh, let's talk about that, man. Clay, another rough one, four for 19 tonight. Uh, Wiggins, I don't put too much stock in. Wiggins is doing a hell of a job defensively between guard and Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown when he's got a chance. He was four for 12, but, you know, three more offensive rebounds, a net plus overall. But, you know, Clay, you know, is the designated shooter. That second straight rough game for him. Um, you think he has a chance? Do you think he turns it around in Boston? I think he's going to have at least one game where he makes everything. That's just Clay's mo. So, what, what do you see for him going forward in this series? He's gonna he's gonna have his two you know, two games this series, maybe one where he just goes berserk. Yeah, <laughs> going to be a game that they need and they're going to win it. So that's just how Clay is. Floor space it, be a floor spacer, uh, a supreme floor spacer. It's not as good defensively, but he's still a supreme floor spacer. He's still going to give you that one game this series where he he's just carrying the whole team through offensively. But you're going to yeah. get that from him. Um, but yeah, he just keep doing what you're doing. Be a floor spacer. You know, hit your open shots, um, play defense, but play 
what uh, like mom was saying earlier don't make it about you man like <laughs> so like you him and Poole need to like understand like curry's the guy you don't need to be the guy play your role as long as you play your role they'll be fine because they're gonna get good looks curry's gonna make sure they get good looks so that's all they, that's all he got to do but he'll give you his one game of series where he just goes nuclear and he you know he sets it off yeah Let's talk about this this Warriors defense. That was the part that impressed me the most. Um, the biggest thing for me, it was two things that I saw. One, they didn't overload so much on Tatum. They kind of lived with him hitting tough shots. And so he didn't create as well for other guys. I think that was a big issue tonight for them. Um, the Warriors were their normal help. So pass lanes were clogged. The Boston turnovers went up as a result. They didn't adjust well, in my opinion. Second thing, you were able to replace Iguodala's minutes with a healthy Gary Payton. Yes, He's just an excellent defender, 25 minutes, uh, plus. plus 15. Uh, just having him out there, a guy who can guard, you know, that two, one, two, three spot at, at a high level and move off the ball. I thought that was very, you know, very big for the Warriors. Again, this is going to be about adjustments, how the Celtics attack. But I thought those two things were the key. For the Warriors defensively, they changed their coverages on Tatum. Didn't maybe throw the whole house at him. Um, he got going early. Curtin overreacts, stays solid, and kind of let him get his. And then Horford, two points. Robert Williams, two points. Marcus Smart, two points. You got two starters, three stars combined for six points. And the, I think this Curry hit every button tonight with his adjustments. Uh, it's just really a, you get the championship coach on display. It's yeah, just, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? That, like, just great adjustments all around. Yeah, he, you know, he said that he he, he went Jerry A. Payne too there. He knew he had the guys who could give uh, Tatum and Brown trouble in, in the single coverage. And he knew he had bodies that were very good defensively to put on them. So he didn't. So he just told them, you know, guard them, force the tough shot. But we're not letting these other guys get wide open looks anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. And Boston's uh, Boston shot selection was, was was wild to me. I did I didn't love Javon Brown was as great as he was game one with that with the shot selection decision making. I thought he was really bad with that tonight. Uh, Smart took care of the ball the first the first game. Did not turn it over. Had five tonight. More turnovers than points just can't happen. Um, just all the games the Celtics have lost, they've looked like this. You know, high turnovers, bad shots. And, you know, normally they've been able to fight back all playoffs. So I'm interested to see how they look in game three. Interestingly enough, they have not been a great home team in the playoffs. Yeah, they haven't. They've been winning a lot on, on the road. So I think the Warriors feel kind of they can go into into Boston and come back with this 2-2, you know, if they, if they stay focused. I, I think I think this is going to be a 2-2 series. I mean, this I had this a seven-gamer. So 1-1 one, one being after two games is, is about what I expect. I think Boston will try and come out energized at home to win game three. Um, but even if they win game three, I think Warriors either game three or game four can take one. We should be going to game five, two, two from what I see. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, how do you think the, the Celtics get Horford, William, the smart going again? They just couldn't get anything going. Horford didn't even take a shot in the first half, which after the game he had, I thought they, you know, you would think they would run some action to get him a look with the great game he had. He just couldn't get anything going in the, uh, for the whole game, pretty much. So that's one of those things where the coach has to design up 
you know, plays to run to get that get Horford the ball. Um, they have to, you know, whether whether it's a getting him in getting the ball in in the spots where he likes to go one one. But I mean, do you want Horford going one one? I think the Warriors would be more than happy to have that, right? So if that's the case, if you if you if that's you know one of the options, the other option is that Tatum and Brown have to make or Smart one of their guards have to make it a, a mission to be able to get those guys going, get them the ball where they want, where they want it. And uh, it's this, is this is where it separates, you know, the certain offensive engines from other great scorers is yeah. that they know they can get theirs, but they know that for them to go the whole game, certain guys need to get their balls, get their looks. They need to get the ball where they need it. So they're going to make it a mission to get these guys the ball. They're going to beat their man. They're going to make sure they run action near the guy who needs to touch the rock and they're going to get him good looks so that he can be ready to go when they need him. That's something that the guys who take the next step know how to do. And, you know, that may be why the Celtics probably don't win this season is because they don't have that next step where, you know, a lot of what, you know, Tatum has done a good job. They double team and he makes the right reads. You know, I mean, he can obviously get his. But the next thing is when you know you need your guys to get going and you know they're trying to not let you get them going, how do you still get them going? Like, yeah. that's 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 the final piece of the puzzle. You know what I mean? That's the final piece of the puzzle offensively uh, for him. So, you know, that if, if, if they're able to get those other guys involved or they're able to have games again, where, you know, Tatum's able to get his major assists. You know what I mean? They're able to get favorable looks. They should, they can, they can win this series. But if it's, if it's a struggle, you know, if they make it a dog fight, try to win the trenches, you know, it's an ISO type of game where Tatum and Brown have to score most of the points and, uh, you know, hope, pray that, you know, a defender makes a bad rotation. They, then they find him open. It's one of those. It's going to favor the Warriors because their offense is just more effective and more efficient. So, um, yeah, I think and that that was part of the reason I picked the Warriors. I think the Warriors yep, over the course exactly. of the series, their offense will generate better exactly. looks. Right? That that was why I picked the Warriors ultimately. Same I just think for the yeah for for the Jays, I thought they did a really good job of 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 shot selection in the shot pass, you know, decision making process in Game One. I thought it was really bad in Game Two. Like you look yeah. at you know Tatum, he was six for nine from three, and then two for ten inside the three point line. You know, Jalen Brown was two for eight inside the three point line. Oftentimes, they started pressing and forcing shots when they would, um, you know, attempt to penetrate instead of making the next pass. And I think a lot of that was feeling pressure to, you know, maybe stifle some Warriors runs and all that. But I think those guys got to make, got to be better in their decision making process. You know, with a pass, shoot, uh, stop to pull up, go through guys. So I, I think that's the adjustment for them personally in Game Three. I, I expect them both to play well. I thought Tatum actually started out hot and then and then leveled off. Same with Brown. After the first quarter, the Warriors just really had those guys on lock, and I think you know, like, well, guys, like you said, they'll have to be superstars, and that's that's when you you know become a superstar. You rise up in these moments, and then we'll we'll see what that we'll see what happens in Boston. But I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, still sticking with Warriors in seven. Yeah, man, still sticking with Warriors in seven. It's going exactly how I expected to. Yeah, um, I'm Warriors in seven, but I think. Boston has hope because they won game one. I think if Boston lost game one, I would have been a lot more confident in the pick. Now I'm like, Ugh. so, you know, that's kind of kind of where I am 
with, with, with the pick right now, but I'm still sticking with, with Warriors in seven. I, I think they got to be wary. Tatum has a, a really big game in him, and I think Horford and Smart play better, at, will play better at home. Uh, I don't know. Marcus Smart is my X factor for the series. The game he played well in, they won. The game he played terrible in, they lost. So I, I'm looking forward to how this, you know, how, how this plays out in Boston. We will be live Wednesday on Spotify Live after yes, the game. Tapping in with you guys. That we had a blast last time. I think it was like 200 people in there too. It was a lot. It was a lot. Hey, some people, some folks had me asking, man. We might have we have, we gotta get a Warriors guy on. I know we I know we got we got we might have to talk tomorrow or or, or day. You know what I mean? Yeah, get one we, of those get one of those guys on. But yeah, um, I get the Warriors propaganda. Right, right, right. Because we had Rico. <laughs> <laughs> we got we can't be seen by us. We gotta balance it out. I think it's cause. Me and Kings both hate the Celtics, so we think we bring Rico and that balances out. <laughs> but make sure you follow at us Kings Bro on Twitter. Myself, JJ Mabel fifty five underscore MST. Uh, subscribe, follow the pod. We will see you guys for another breakdown of Game Three Wednesday post game. You guys be safe. We are out of here. Peace, y'all.